don't want to waste any time. Let's hop right into it. Play the good, play the good music. Yeah, we just gonna go with that. Play the good music. <laughs> People getting their first impressions of you. Would you rather the first impression be like the overdressed person compared to everybody else in the room, or the underdressed person compared to everybody else in the room? Should I say overdressed? I mean, that's why even like you can never go wrong with even wearing a suit. It's just like that that proper balance. Because it, if it's an event in which you don't really know anyone, that first impression is gonna hold weight. So I definitely say overdressed. Yeah, I'm with you there for sure. Like I'd always rather be. Looking a little too nice, and you know, a little too, too bummy or whatever. I always try to like keep it appropriate. I know a lot of guys who who work in menswear who do what I do, who are like always in a suit, um, and that's fine for them. But like, I do try to like kind of match the occasion and, and go casual when it makes more sense. But in this scenario, for sure, like turn it up a notch rather than down. What about you, Islam? I'd say I'm the same, right? But the reason I bring it up is because like. So, so as a, a bit of background, right, I was listening to um, Jesse's appearance on his wife podcast, wife's podcast, Same Dude, uh, where he was talking about anxiety, right? And I was thinking mm-hmm. about how you work in relation to suits. And my experience with suits is honestly one that kind of makes me anxious because it's like being the underdressed person sometimes when other everyone else is in a suit. And like, I'm the same way where if I'm going to an event, I would rather be overdressed because being underdressed like leads to a lot of anxiety for me. But then at the same time, on the flip side of that, a lot of like my style icons are probably the people who would go into that event that where you're they're supposed to wear like some like social there's some socially accepted view of what they're supposed to wear and they're just wearing something totally left field so i don't know i was just like it, there's just like an interesting balance and push and pull i feel like of like where societal expectations and where like self-expression come into play especially as far as clothing goes yeah i feel like a lot of that also has to do with like the relationships and where you're at with your career thus far because like if if you are I guess if you're looking back at like style icons and if they're, I guess, somewhat underdressed for a specific event, there's probably already elements of their personality already known by the people around them. So even if they're strangers, when they walk into a place, people are still familiar with them, if that makes sense. I think it's also that thing where like, you know, when you're first getting into style, and I think this is true of a lot of things outside of the, you know, fashion style word true as well. But it's like when you're first learning, it's like, yo, learn the rules, follow the rules. Uh, when it's black tie, you wear a tuxedo with a black bow tie, whatever. Uh, but people who are like truly style icons, 
they learn what those rules are and then they know when to break them and how to break them in the right way too. So I think that's a lot of what you yeah. see. I don't know, you know, who specifically you're referring to is when you talk about guys who are your style icons, but I think it's a lot of that, like, yo, I know what's expected and I know the right way to like twist it and, you know, represent myself in a different way, but where it's still going to be like respected and seen as this like cool moment yeah that's a really good point that like you kind of need to know the rules to be able to subvert the rules and then some people like see the subversion of the rules and are just like oh like i'm gonna just wear whatever i want but they don't really do it in the same way where it's just like exactly, it just like exactly. comes across as like trying to be shock value or something like exactly. that. exactly really like it might be technically quote unquote underdress for like what the event is like but at the end of the day they're bringing that same like thoughtfulness same you know whatever to that look and just doing it in a different way. I think that's a really cool thing to do. And that is what a lot of the people who are, who push the envelope, who set trends, who really like push the boundaries of fashion and style. I think that's what they do. Damn. So you're saying I can't rock the track suit in the club just yet. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you just got to have the swag. really. <laughs> the clothes don't make, don't make the person. The person makes the clothes. Have, uh, this is so funny. I don't know. I don't know why, but I kind of want to talk about this. Have either of you guys, um, watch rhythm and flow? The, uh, the Netflix, Netflix show? Not, no. It's the Netflix, like, rap competition show. Okay. Uh, it's actually pretty dope. So, you know, check it out if you're ever bored. But I was watching it with Jen, my wife, and we were really, like, you know, judging the, the performers and everything. But a lot of it was, like, about style, and they would talk about it a lot. Um, and T.I., who's now going by Tip full-time, which I wasn't aware of, uh, is one of the judges. And he just, like, alternates every episode between these, like, insanely dope, full-on menswear looks like he'll do like a three-piece suit with like a turtleneck and like a dime all diamond Rolex and just like it's like crazy baller shit, but it's done really cool. And then just wearing like a full-on like sweatsuit and beanie on the next episode, and he just like switches it up every time. It's so fine. That's a good changeup because that means that he's actually waking up in the morning like you know what? Let me be a little bit more cozy today. So I feel like he's just more aware of what he's trying to do that day, which is dope. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you can also like use clothing. I was thinking about this too. It's like you can kind of use clothing in the same way of like code switching, right? Where it's like you're still rocking something that's true to you or you're still speaking in a way that's true to you, but you're channeling a different part of your energy based on the people who who are around you. And it's like we do that a lot of times in like how we talk to our friends versus how we talk to, you know, people at work, et cetera, et cetera. But we also do that a lot of times with fits. I'm probably weird like this, but like a lot of times my what I would wear to work is like I would only wear that to work and I wouldn't really wear that anywhere else. And I'm sure like if some of my coworkers, if they saw me on the street, they'd be like kind of doing a double take. No, I mean, there's definitely like, a I, feel like a, I feel like everyone, I mean, most everyone does that to some extent, like other than you're like, you know, finance bros wearing gingham shirts and chinos 24 <laughs> seven, but it's like every, most everyone I know does that to an extent. It's like, I, you know, if I'm going to like a professional event where it's going to be a bunch of menswear guys, I'm going to dress one way, but if I'm hitting the neighborhood, going to my barber shop, checking out like the streetwear stores, it's going to be another way. I'm hanging out with friends at home and cooking and, and hosting a party, pregame, whatever it is, that's going to be a whole other look. Um, and I think, you know, kind of what I was getting at earlier, I'm someone who definitely thinks a, a lot about what's appropriate for the occasion, what's comfortable for the occasion. And I think that's a big part of uh, developing style and executing it at a high level. Executing at a high level in what sense? Just like really, you know, knowing yourself and like wearing outfits that you feel comfortable in. I think you can tell when people feel comfortable in their outfits uh, and what they're wearing and how they're styling themselves. Um, and I think mm -hmm. you have to know, like, you know, what's going on that day. What is that? Like you were talking, we were talking about TI, like, what's that vibe I want to channel today? 
you know, I feel comfortable in, you know, a three piece suit and tie and loafers, but that doesn't mean I always want to wear that. It doesn't mean it's always what represents me in the best way or what's going to be the most comfortable that day. No, that's true. There's such an interesting balance there, though, because it's like, and I find this with a lot of things, but obviously it comes through in clothing a lot, where it's like staying true to yourself, but knowing that others are watching you stay true to yourself. So like being able to stay true to yourself or express yourself in a way that isn't performative, even though you're I mean, there's the famous saying, right, that like everyone is performing, right, that life is a performance. So it's like there's that interesting aspect, I feel like, where are you rocking the like, like sometimes, again, like it goes into like shock value. It's like, are you really dressing this way because that is what you feel? Or is it like that's like kind of what you feel, but you also recognize like the value or you, you see some sort of value in like getting the reaction out of other people, you know? And sometimes I don't even think it's getting a reaction out of other people. A lot of the time is you just know um, just the way people may communicate with you based on what you're wearing, right? So if I if I know that there's a meeting or an event or if I need to speak to someone um, with regards to elements surrounding business, I may throw on a jacket. I may not put on a full suit, but that jacket definitely does not only for me, but for the person I'm speaking to, that perception is just different. Those conversations just end up being a lot different if I pull up with like a a white tee or a black t-shirt, you know? Well, I mean, and as in like you use the word, use the term code switching earlier. And I definitely think, you know, we talk about this, like kind of dressing for the occasion and like representing yourself in a certain way. It, there's a lot of occasions where there can be a kind of like racial element in that as far as yep. what's expected of you. And like, you know, how someone's going to perceive me wearing a, a tracksuit and Jordan's versus, you know, me. A, a black guy <laughs> or a Hispanic guy yep. or whoever it is. Um, and I mean, there's like sensitivities around that, but I think that's something that definitely like plays into how a lot of people I know dress and, you know, depending on what the occasion is and what they're doing, um, where that being, you know, minorities, whoever it may be, they have to be especially careful about that, like being underdressed though, because they're going to be perceived a certain way. That's something that I'm not going to have to deal with most of the time. That's real. Just like being aware of other people's perceptions of you is like so crucial and like, and also has so much power to it in terms of just like everything. Like you can literally like manufacture someone else's world <laughs> by like understanding their perception of you and their expectations of you and maneuvering uh, in ways that like either like agree with those perceptions or challenge those perceptions, you know? Yeah, facts. Yeah, probably now's probably a good time for some introductions. <laughs> yeah, fair. Or do we or, or do we do some introductions or am I tripping? No, no, you're right. Uh, we should do it. I think all of our names have been mentioned, but I don't think we've done any introductions. <laughs> that is a fact. Well, welcome back to everyone that's listening. Um this is E. Got a Zim on the line. Who are we speaking with right now? Uh my name's Jesse. I go uh, way back with a Zim back in high school. Talking about you know style and fashion, I work in the menswear industry, doing styling for a menswear brand, trying to make all our stores look good. I'm based in LA. Happy to be on the line today. Also, I don't think uh, I don't think Eric knows this, but where are you from? I'm from uh, Indiana originally. Oh shit! I feel there's been a lot of people from Indiana and LA <laughs> that we've been chatting with. I guess there's some good vibes out there. You know, there's a lot of people from Indiana on both coasts. I've found. It tends to be a thing where like everyone I know from Indiana either wants to get as far away as possible 
or they want to stay in the same place forever. So I know some people who live in the same town we grew up in and probably will forever, but I've met a bunch of people in New York, D.C., L.A., all over the place. How quickly, like, when you are in a city, right? Because, like, I know you're in L.A. right now. Uh, you mentioned D.C. and New York. Like, what's your – and I, I know also, like, we've talked about traveling. You gave me some uh, some dope recommendations when I was out in Florence. Um, but you. I'd imagine that, like, part of the experience being so attuned to fashion and style like part of the experience as far as traveling or living in a new city is like getting a sense of like the style or and fashion of that city what's that experience like for you like how quickly how long does it take before you're like oh like okay i see some of the trends that are in out here or like i see the way that people express themselves out here versus other places that i've been i feel like it happens really quickly like i'm not normally a super i don't know observant person i guess i would say which is funny for somebody who does what i do but um, I'm definitely kind of like can get in my own head and like not notice a lot of things around me. But style is always something I've looked out for and growing up traveling a lot and kind of seeing a lot of different parts of the world from a young age. I caught on to things, I think, more subconsciously as a kid. I definitely wasn't like attuned to style at all. I was wearing like tube socks and like Hollister polos, like most of the rest of the people I knew in middle school and all kinds yeah. of silly shit. But I think as I've grown up, more inspiring than like these style icons and celebrities or whatever is just going somewhere and seeing how the people in that city dress. Um, I think I definitely have taken on a lot of LA stuff, got a grip of nice like pattern short sleeve shirts for the hot days. Um, all those like Hawaiian style, uh, Tony Soprano kind of big casual soft shirts. Definitely like the streetwear out here is dope. And it's my first time really like living long term in a city that has a big streetwear, you know, vibe with a lot of like original brand stores, everything. And I'm kind of in the heart of that. I'm like two blocks from the Supreme Store in LA, the neighborhood I live in, lined by all the, you know, round two, flight club, all that crap. So I definitely see a lot of that. And I think it definitely influences my style, you know, off duty. But the one that like stood out to me the most when you asked this question was I spent eight weeks in London during college, part of my school program. And London's insane. I mean, it's a huge city, you know, super metropolitan. It's got so much going on. And most of what I was doing was it was like a, I took a class and was doing a little bit of fashion journalism for like a small magazine there in London. Um, and the area I was in was like this East London area around like Spitalfields Market, close to the finance area. And you had this insane gathering where on one side you have these businessmen in like Savile Row tailored suits, like mm -hmm. super British style, like super structured shoulders, which is what they're known for. Very like formal, rigid, like, you know, think of Kingsman, think of like James Bond looks, all that stuff. Very formal, posh. very classic. Very posh. posh. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but then like, London also has like one of the craziest, just like vintage and just like weird, like hipster times a million, all that stuff going on. And they're like in the same part of the city. Um, and then you have like the kind of like cooler, like European continental, like Paris, Italy people who are like doing that thing. So there's this insane like mixing of styles. And that's really what I found like most inspirational is that it's one city where all these people are mixing and mingling. Um, and you have you know, views on a lot of different takes on personal style and on fashion. And everybody is like repping it so hard and it's so different. And that was what was like so exciting about that city to me. It's really the of all the cities I've spent time in, like a good amount, like London, Paris, LA, New York, 
I mean, Chicago, those are the biggest ones. I think London has the, the most interesting mix and it's doing like its own thing the most of any I've been. Um, I'm going to Tokyo in a few months. And I'm very excited to see what's going on over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Wait, are you going for the Olympics? No, I'm going a little before that. So I've been wanting to go for a long time. Um, just got a dope deal on tickets right around Thanksgiving. So when we bought them, they are going like late April. So we've got two weeks. We haven't planned everything out, but we do Tokyo, Kyoto, go out in the country a little bit, eat so much food. Oh, yeah. And probably do a shit ton of shopping, too. Yeah, no, their, their sense of fashion is amazing out there, too. But what they're doing with fabrics, yeah. especially jeans, and I know that that was a American thing, but it seems like they just fine-tuned it to the highest degree. And now yeah. the quality is just A1. Yeah, denim, I mean, all kinds of Americana, you know, streetwear. I mean, Japanese culture, like from what I understand, basically their thing is like, pick your thing and just do it as best as you possibly can. Um, <laughs> very, very focused and just like try to do everything awesome. I love that. I'm very excited to see it. And, you know, to your point, like that's another thing I think, and I was just explaining this to my wife because whenever we're traveling, I always want to take like a day, if not two, to go hit a bunch of stores. Mm-hmm. And she's always thinking that I'm like trying to go shopping. And she's like, oh, we don't have money for that. We can spend money on like eating, whatever, whatever. I'm like, yeah, like I might buy something, but I'm not really going to go shop. I'm going to see the stores because mm-hmm. I want yeah, to see, see people, yeah. the brands. I want to see what's unique about that city. I want to see, you know, the folks who work in them, especially when you get like the independent boutiques and smaller brands like those people in there guys girls whatever they usually have dope style they know the city really well and you know usually they're happy to talk to you and share that stuff i mean some stores you get that vibe where they're a little standoffish nose turned up whatever but for the most part it's one of my favorite things about traveling and it's something i try to do in like every new city i go to that's That's beautiful that's real beautiful that what's interesting too is like i'm thinking about the way that the internet kind of plays into the regional development too because i'm I'm thinking about like a parallel right between fashion and music where like some people um some people complain about like music and how there used to be very regional sounds and nowadays like as the internet allows different influences to come together like you could argue that there's less regional sounds or you could argue which is what i would probably argue is that like the culture itself remains but there's more influences that can be added into the mix for it to like flip off of and so like for instance what you're talking about with japan and like the americana stuff like a lot of that is is sort of that right it's like these outside influences coming in but not taking over just being kind of remixed in a way that's still very true to like what that culture is and it's also like accessibility yeah exactly the accessibility and i feel like that happens more seamlessly with music rather than fashion essentially i feel with fashion i feel like it doesn't really change too often i think that things are just being recycled yeah i mean fashion is always like cyclical so stuff comes and goes but at the same time i think you know it is a good point that like the internet and and social media and everything we have today it connects everybody and while that can lead to like blending of styles i think what it also does is showcase those like i wouldn't necessarily you know know what store to go to in tokyo to find the best vintage levi's i'd have to you know go on a hunt and ask around and investigate you know 20 years ago and there's something to that it's a different experience might be a little more fun of an an adventure versus checking off 20 places i have saved on google maps but it allows me to know, you know, that right area to go to, that right person to go ask. And it really opens up, you know, more opportunities in that way. And I think it's kind of the same as what you see in, in rap and hip hop. Like there, you know, there's still an Atlanta sound. There's still a, a New York sound, an L.A. sound. I think for most people, it doesn't mean every single artist coming out of the city is going to have that sound. But it means that, you know, no matter where you are in the world, you can find that and, you know, find the artists you really vibe with. 
Do you give smaller American boutiques the same look you do when you're traveling internationally and checking out, I guess, like a Italian boutique or even something from London? I try to, for sure. Like when I get to go to new cities, I always try to see what the top stores are in that town. What, what's, what's the coolest shopping area? And just walk down the street. And, you know, it, usually there's good coffee shops and good restaurants. And, you know, these things tend to happen in the same place. Um, so I think it's kind of just a good way to travel. But I guess it's not the U.S., but it's Canada. So it counts to me, it's, you know, North USA. Um, <laughs> I went to Vancouver recently for the first couple of times. Um, we opened a store there recently. And when we did, it was delayed. I had a few extra days in the city. Uh, and I was able to go to this area there. I think it was called Gastown. It's like all these boutiques. And like one or two of them I shopped with online before and I was familiar with. And a lot of them were new. But you get to see a little bit more of that curating of like Canadian brands. Um, but mm-hmm. also very international. You get a feel for like what that city likes and what the people in those cities wear. Uh, so it's definitely something that I try to do, you know, whenever I have the chance to go to a new city, um, see, you know, what's what's the go-to area? What's the go-to shop? Same way for what's the go-to food. Like I'm going to Austin, I'm trying to go to get barbecue. When I'm going to Tokyo, oh, you have to. I mean, it's a million things, but it's sushi, it's kaiseki, it's yakitori, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, literally a million things in Japan, but... <laughs> on that yeah that's dope you also like really plugged me with um like i was like i mentioned i was going to florence and then i looked like two minutes later on instagram and it's like 30 messages of like here are the things that you gotta do while you're in florence (laughs) i know you're a good breakdown yeah man asking me for recommendations is dangerous it's like i have my paris list is wild so (laughs) people are like that's a lot i'm like yeah just you know pick what you want but yeah how was your uh, how's your time over there man it was dope, man. I mean, it was definitely um, definitely like a short trip, so I wish that I could have been in the city uh, a little bit longer than I was. But, I mean, that being said, like, it was an amazing – it's funny you mentioned Paris because I feel like Paris was, like, my favorite European destination that I've been to, and now I feel like Florence beat it out. Like, it had a lot of the same, like, positive kind of vibes that I got from Paris, but I feel like – the some of the negatives that came with like the more like modern problems that you could see in in Paris I didn't really see as much in Florence I mean to be fair again it was a pretty short trip so I might just not have like experienced that firsthand but yeah it was super dope to me it it definitely uh makes me want to go back to Italy and like spend more time there slash see so many other towns in Italy that are like equally as interesting you know so the thing with Italy is it's like it's like Japan with the food it's like there's literally every town you look up it's like beautiful and has something unique and crazy about it so i've spent a good amount of time there but i'm like i need to go back for like a whole month at some point get some like dope car i'm, I'm hoping i'm rich by the time this happens <laughs> get like an old Porsche, get myself a custom suit and like napoli because I've, I've done that i haven't done that area um i haven't spent a lot of time in milan i've done like a lot of rome florence that kind of stuff but i'm glad you've had a good time and i agree florence is one of my favorite cities in the world so now that now that you have a Tokyo trip planned, is there another country that you don't currently have plans unless you haven't visited that's like your ideal location that, that's still on the list? Oh, man. See, I want to go everywhere. That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, there's there's some places I think I want to go back to. 
that are probably going to come up first. Uh, so I just recently got my Polish citizenship and I'm working on getting my passport. So I think once that happens, we're going to do a little celebratory family trip to Poland, see some of my family roots and history. And there's some a couple of cool things going on over there, though it's not the most glamorous destination in the world. Uh, and maybe tack on something fun and beachy, like going to like Croatia or Greece or something like that while we're over there. So I think that's, that's one coming up. And, and I've never done like Australia or New Zealand or South America yet. So that's, that's exactly definitely, Yeah, like I've got, I mean, in LA, there's so many Australian people here. And like two of my good friends out here are Australian. And, um, flight is just a killer though. That flight is just, yeah. it's a lot. Little better for me from LA, but it's still still a long flight for sure. And then, yeah, I think South America, I'd do Buenos Aires. That's where I'd go. Mm, those all sound like dope locations. That Poland trip sounds really beautiful, though. Uh, when when was the last time that you were there? So I went. I was there for like a month or two. In it must have been like sixth, seventh grade. I was like twelve or thirteen, and it was like a good chunk of time because it was like my dad took. Like the time between semesters was teaching there. My mom took the time off and was doing some research. And three of us went. My brother was already in college, so he did his. He stayed there. Um, but it was really interesting. It's like we we were staying in Warsaw, which is the capital city, and as like a kind of Eastern European Soviet bloc sort of country. Um, it's had some really interesting. It's one of those countries that like skipped like half of the 20th century. It feels like and just went from like kind of terrible to like super modern so there's this really interesting mix in the neighborhoods and like the technology they have and like the you know train and metro systems and everything um where there's like super modern elements and a lot of it is just like very like soviet also um so it's interesting uh krakow is like super historic city they're beautiful super fun and they have some cool port cities around and uh, a lot of history there from european stuff and world war ii and i, I think it's been a while since we've had the whole family able to go. So it's something I'm talking about with my parents and John and my brother and his wife as well. So hopefully we can get just like a big family trip and have some fun with it. That's dope. How long did you say you were out there for that first time? Uh, it was a month or two. Oh, so you were actually able to like really get ingrained. Yeah. I mean, I was young and like, I wasn't as good at traveling back then. I was real picky about food and you know, I was I was a little baby, but uh, I got a little taste of it and definitely excited to see it again as an adult and like, feel it out a little bit more that's such a beautiful thing too like being able to go back to a place especially i mean being out there for a couple months like you actually got it wasn't just like a short trip you actually got to experience it but you were younger so now then then to go back as an adult is always like Mm -hmm. i think uh we were talking to uh, one of our friends, Kadeem, and he, he described it as like time traveling, basically. We're like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, not only going to a different location, it's like a familiar location, but it's also like, yeah, it's just, it's just a really interesting oh, yeah. and like powerful thing about the value of not just, because I also feel like a lot of times when people talk about travel, it's just like a checklist of like, I'm trying to like hit all of these different places, but it is like, Dude, this, 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 you're not yeah. just hitting, yeah, you're not just hitting these places, just like you're hitting these places at a particular time for that place and for you. It's not, it's not like you can just cross off the whole city, you know, for the rest of your life necessarily. <laughs> I feel like I feel I have that with like a lot of cities. I mean, I kind of touched on it, but both of my parents are academics and whenever they got to take sabbaticals or semesters off or whatever, they tended to always go to, you know, some other cool destination where they had something they wanted to do. So I lived in Paris for a year when I was really young, like five years old. And then I ended up studying abroad there in college too. So I, 
and then I visited a lot because I have family and like that's it's kind of my second home or whatever um but so I have these like memories of all these like different periods in my life in Paris and there's some of them that I like always come back to um and some of them that are kind of like you know stuck in a certain time period and it's like something that I probably wouldn't go back to or like necessarily seek out again um, and then there's always new stuff being found every time I go there. And so I think that's a city where that like really speaks to me. Um, the same thing with a lot of places like, you know, I mean, Andover, Boston, having spent four years uh, in that area, it's like when I go back there, I always, it feels like kind of time traveling back to high school a little bit. Yeah, I can't like I literally go back to the town of Andover, but I don't I don't ever <laughs> I don't ever really want to go back to the you don't go on campus. <laughs> <laughs> you should stop by and just just see what's going on, see the new buildings. Now, I don't think I think the last time I was there was actually the five year reunion. So yeah, I don't know. It's like sometimes it's just better as a memory, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll be I'm not that's gonna fair. never go back, you know enough. what I'm saying? No, but it's just fact. like people get really caught up sometimes in like trying to relive the old experiences and it's like nah, just hold on to them, you know? Sometimes nostalgia is better in the past. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I was reading something. I was like, yeah, small that it just happened that you weren't already went that experience. But yeah, even with regards to like traveling and stuff, I feel like you really can't get a feel unless you're there for at least a week. I have friends who, um, when they have like connecting flights for a day, they want to spend a whole day in the city rather than just kind of like kicking and recharging the airport. And I'm just like, there's not much you can really get out of the city. It's just like... You may hit a couple tourist traps, I mean, get some good eats, or maybe yeah. just stop by like <clears throat> one of the chain restaurants out there. But I, it really has no impact. I feel sometimes it's like it's like if that's the only time you're ever going to be there, why not? But I agree, I don't really do that. I try to like that was part of the thing with planning out this Japan trip. We we're like, all right, if we're going to go, mm-hmm. I want two weeks because like I at know least, I'm going to want exactly. like, you know straight straight four or five days at least in Tokyo just for shopping and eating. Yeah, you gotta, you know, especially flying halfway across the world. It's something where with my, I travel a lot for work and I uh, mostly all over the West Coast and it's like day or two trips usually at a time. Um, and I think a lot of the people I work with or who I talk about don't necessarily realize what that's like. And people are always jealous and like, oh man, how do you get that job? Blah, blah, blah. And, and I get it. There is certainly an appeal and I love what I do, but. At the same time, I'm like, I don't know if you realize what traveling the way I travel is like. I'm not like getting to see these cities unless I build in extra time for myself or I do it over the course of five different visits. Because I go, I fly somewhere in the morning, I work all day, I go check into the hotel, and usually I go get food and then I go to sleep. So if you're going to, you know, explore the city, you got to tack it on after basically commuting from one city to another, maybe a two hour flight, working another seven, eight hours in the store. And then you got to figure out your time to do your cultural and city stuff. Uh, whereas when you have, you know, four or five days or a couple of weeks, depending on where you are, you can really immerse you know, yourself. Try yeah. to get to know the city. Immerse yourself. That's a good way to put it. Become become Parisian. Become Japanese. Whatever. At least as much as you can. Mm-hmm.